0: You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're
1: through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set for life. Leviticus 22 and 2. Speak to Aaron and his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they do not profane my holy name by what they dedicate to me. I am the Lord. By what you dedicate to the Lord God, if you don't do it right, if you're not right with God, it profanes him. And then verse 32, you shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hollowed. Among the children of Israel, I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So the priests, basically, it's not that they weren't doing their best. They weren't even trying. They weren't even trying to do right in the first place at all. They were giving substandard sacrifices, below standard. There, we did it. Just enough to say we did it. But they weren't really putting anything into it. It became religion, not love. Oh, we're supposed to do it. Let's go do the sacrifice. There, poof, got it done. All right, what's next? That's not very caring. And so they had become hardened to what they were doing. And you can tell by their questioning of God. How have we defiled your name? In what way have we defiled you? You can tell that they have begun to rationalize their own sin. They're not doing the sacrifices right. So now we're going to question God. Oh, yeah? How did we do this wrong? They're trying to make themselves right. How dare anybody? (laughs) Who are we to question God? They've begun to rationalize their sin. We haven't done anything wrong. So you tell us, how have we wronged you? Malachi's message to them is starting to get them to see that they are practically daring God to spell out their wrongs for them. Don't do that. You can say, Lord God, show me, search me out and show me, but don't question God. What have I done to you? Come on. Don't have that. He'll show you. God is showing them that they, that they were saying the table of the Lord was contemptible, meaning it's dirty, pitiful, despicable, cheap. What the priests were doing is they were offering dirty, cheap, substandard sacrifices on the altar of, of the one God who brought them out of Egypt. The God that brings you out of your bondage, you don't give him substandard sacrifices. He saved you give him your best. (laughs) They were calling the table of the Lord contemptible. Have you ever been used as though somebody considered you cheap? Doesn't feel good, does it? You ever been used, taken advantage of? You're cheap. You're not really worth much. That's what they were doing in their sacrifice work. That's what the priests were doing to the Lord. And it was profaning and despising him. Malachi 1 and 8 And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. But now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us while this is being done by your hands. Will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors? so that you would not kindle my fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. Whoo! Guys, that's scary. That's scary. Here's more detail on the low quality of the sacrifices the priests had been offering. First off, why do you think priests would bring in these faulty animals as sacrifices? Lame, sick, diseased. Blind animals. Why do you think priests would bring these in, these kind of animals? My thought is because those animals were not of any use to the priest. The priest says, I want to keep the best stuff for me, for my use. These people were making sacrifices out to be more like checking a box. There I did my sacrifice, but they weren't giving their best as God required. They were keeping the better animals For themselves for their own gain this kind of behavior indicates someone who believes that god cannot provide that god cannot deliver that god cannot restore that god cannot replenish and so they've got to keep the best stuff for themselves because to them god is not trustworthy enough of taking care of them better than they are we're going to keep the best stuff for us put the sick animals on god's table profanes him it defiles him God has always given Israel his best. After all, when you think about it, he sent Jesus. And so he says, try giving a sacrifice as bad as this to your governor. See what he thinks about it. <laughs> Governors had these elaborately set up banquets that they would have, and people brought these offerings from the, from the people. Now, if the gover- governor had seen meat from a blind, crippled, or a diseased animal on his table, Even the governor would have rejected it. The governor's not going to have that. The idea here is that it was absurd. When mere men would turn down such a sacrifice, why would God take it? And then when he said, when the Lord said, who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? He meant that if this is how it's going to be, then somebody might as well just shut the whole temple down. If it's going to be like this, who's going to shut the door? Basically, he said, this is unacceptable. Malachi 1 and 11, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. Imagine a Jewish person hearing that. Gentiles, what? Them? My name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts, but you profane it, and that you say the table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit, its food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick, thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? says the Lord? This pains me, guys. This attitude still goes on where's the temple now? It's right here. It's us who believe. The Israelites were treating the offerings of God as such a troublesome thing that they had to do. It's like when you tell your kids to go clean their room and they go, all right. They were treating it like that. They'll do it because you told them to, but to them, it's, oh, what a weariness. They'll do it, but oh, what a weariness. And they will sneer at having to do it. It makes them make a sour face. Oh, I got to do the sacrifice again. Oh, so tired of this. Not only were they bringing imperfect sacrifice animals, but they were also stealing animals from other people to make them sacrifices. Stealing animals. There was corruption and greed in the sacrifices. Sacrifice means the opposite of greed, doesn't it? You don't steal a sacrifice. You give your own. Sacrifice means you give your best. The people were seriously tainting the entire sacrifice process. And they took it to such an, as being such an irritating chore uh, with the attitude of, well, there we did it. Check that box off the list. That they didn't have their heart in it. And it was defiled. They were doing the work religiously. But their love of God was not in it. They missed the entire meaning of why they were doing sacrifices in the first place, so that it would cover their sin, so that their relationship with God would be pure, so that they could experience God's blessings. That's what this work was for, relationship and love. God says, I have loved you, and you look at me like a big bothersome problem, not worth the time. They missed the whole meaning of sacrifices in the first place. Friends, if you want a nice clean house, you got to take the garbage out now and then, (laughs) or else you end up breathing foul air. We've had a lot of nice, nice cool, low humidity air lately, and sometimes I don't realize the garbage needs taken out because I've got the house opened up. When you close it, you start to realize the garbage is there. You got to get it out of the house. Well, Israel was so closed up and their, oh, we got to do all this stuff that the garbage was starting to, they were breathing this stuff and it was making them foul along with it. God wanted them to clean things up again so they could get to know him better. They would come to know his love and what he had done for them. He wanted them to stop treating his offerings like it was such a problem to not treat it with contempt as though offerings were worthless because the offerings were for them with their relationship with God. Malachi 1 and 14. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. In this passage, Malachi switches from talking about mandatory sacrifices. What we're talking about is mandatory. You had to do these sacrifices. But now he switches to talking about payment vows, payment vows, payment vows could be like a peace offering, which was a way that someone could thank God for his generosity, a way to express thanks or, or a way to praise God for his goodness. That's kind of what that was. Payment vows could be a peace offering for times when God provided for somebody uh, or delivered them through a tough situation. Sin offerings were mandatory. But payment vows were not mandatory. They were offered by somebody's free will. If I wanted to really express thanks to God and I was going to make one of these vows, I could offer a sacrifice like that. But how to do these vows were also outlined in Leviticus 22 and 19. It says, you shall offer of your own free will a male without blemish from the cattle, from the sheep or from the goats, whatever has a defect, you shall not offer for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a freewill offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Now, according to what we had just read, uh, what Malachi said in verse 14, many Israelites were cursed for taking one of these vows, but using a male sacrifice that was blemished. They were offering imperfect sacrifices. Again, they were probably wanting to keep the best stuff for themselves. Now, in those days, nobody would dare, dare try to cheat a governor. You just don't do that. (laughs) You don't try to cheat a governor. Less likely, you don't try to cheat a king. And God says, I am a great king. If you would give your best to governors and rulers on earth, then how much more should they have been giving to Yahweh God, the great king? In closing, I want to show you Deuteronomy 23 and and 21. When you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord, your God, will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. Now, if somebody took up a payment vow... And God expected them to pay it. And if you didn't do it promptly or properly, then it was a sin. And that corresponds with us today in James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. I think the reason the Lord wanted me to go into Malachi was so that we could get a perspective of what it looks like to God when people treat the Lord with contempt, when they treat him as being cheap and not all that important. A checkbox to do for the week. Like, oh, check, there I went to church. Check, there I prayed before supper. Check. Having an attitude like this despises God's very name. Don't look at God as being second rate or last rate by offering him below standard sacrifices. Give God your best. Give God your best. Today, if you look at the news or social media, everybody is not just expecting but demanding that everybody give them their best. Give me your best, everybody says. Whenever you go fill up your car and you pay that price posted that's on the gas sign and you you pay that, you expect a full gallon, don't you? For whatever the price of gas is today, I better get a gallon for what I put in that pump. I better get a whole gallon. You expect the fullness of what you paid for, right? Jesus bought us on the cross. Shouldn't he be getting the fullness of what he paid for too? Our best. Whatever happened to us giving God our best? Have we gotten to where we come to God with below substandard sacrifices and then try to justify ourselves for it like the Israelites were doing? Some people may think justification for not sacrificing. Here's a few examples how people justify substandard sacrifices. I don't gather with the assembly at church because that's my day to sleep in. I don't give to the church because I just really can't afford it. I don't praise very loud because my voice isn't all that great. I pray, but not that often because, well, you know, God knows what's in my heart. I don't have to go to church. To worship God because I can worship anywhere. I don't go to church because I don't trust organized religion. Or how about those who go to church but they fake it? They attend every meeting, every service, and man, they sure are fiery. But once you see them somewhere outside of the church, they're acting like the devil. Substandard sacrifices. There's so many things that God expects of us, and we should be glad to do it because we've been saved. <laughs> He has stated in his word things he expects of us. But how many of us make excuses for ourselves for giving a below-standard sacrifice? Like Malachi asked, if they would go to their governors this way, let me ask a modern-day version of that. Do you perform below-standard work quality to your employer? If not, how come? Because your employer expects your best and for it to be done in the way that they instructed you to do it, right? Why do we treat God, not just our employer, but our great king, any less? Where is my honor? Where is my reverence, says the Lord? Who are we as sinners to question God with the attitude? In what way have we despised your name? How have we defiled you? I think we all, anybody here, and me, we need to review our life and think not of what you expect to be given, but what is expected to be given by you. And consider two questions. Would God be pleased with you? Would he accept your offering favorably? And I believe this is why God's word says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's an act of sacrifice of praise. Friends, here in this assembly together, we offer you several ways of sacrificing. One is a sacrifice of praise. We did that. And we're about to give you another way to sacrifice through your financial giving. Now, before anybody thinks I'm just dressing you up for the giving box, (laughs) because I know how I would perceive it. Oh, he really got us. Now he's going to make us give hard. uh, No, hey, don't, don't think like that. Before you think I'm guilt tripping you, let me say this. When we sent Dove Schwartz to Rwanda recently, we bought Bibles for over 100 former prostitutes who gave their life to Jesus. We put the Word of God in their hands. And did you know, that your sacrifice here is what put the word of God in their hands. They're going to take that word of God now, and they're going to carry it out to other Africans who many will also receive eternal life as well. Your sacrifice that you give here in this ministry provided that to them. It got dove there and it put the word of God in their hands. Women who were prostitutes over 100 of them. Your sacrifice gave them that. This is joyous to know. It should make us happy. But if giving to this ministry causes you you to feel grudgingly or out of necessity, then do not give today. Keep it. Let that remain on you. Don't put it in our box. We don't want anyone to treat the table of the Lord as contemptible here. Cheap and worthless or despicable or beneath your worthiness. I think that Malachi is an important book to go through today because most Americans consider the sacrifices of going to assemble in the church, of praying and giving of themselves to be a subject of weariness. Oh, what a weariness. Oh, Ray, he's asking me to go to church. I know he runs a church and I respect him for that, but he wants me to get up on my day to sleep in. I don't want to do that. Oh, what a weariness. Romans 12 and 1. You know, the Word of God. And the assembly of God is nothing to sneer at. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. (laughs) Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. You want to worship the Lord? Be sacrificial in your living. This is how we worship, through sacrifice. Singing praise songs is worship. Giving is an act of worship. It's good if you give your very best to your spouse, right? And if you give your very best of yourself to your employer. But having that in mind, does God get even better than that from your sacrifice? Shouldn't he get more, better, our best? Where is his reverence? Where is his honor? Despising God's name is not just in curse words, guys. You can have a perfectly clean mouth and still despise the Lord and how your sacrifices are towards Him. And what is the ultimate sacrifice that we have a, as an example to us to learn from? Jesus, the Passover lamb. Hebrews ten fourteen. For by one sacrifice, He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. What a good book Malachi is for us today. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord God. Wow, so many great things are going on. Lord, forgive me for the substandard sacrifice work that I have been doing. Show me improvements I need to make. Show me where I could do better. Show me some things I could put away and not even mess with anymore that's distracting my time or hindering my walk. Lord, I'm sorry for not giving you the best I have. I give my best when I do other things, but why why am I Coming up short, giving to you. And it's not just in giving in the box. That's not all. It's everything I do every day, my whole walk with you. When I see the opportunity to share Jesus, how come I don't say anything? Because I'm scared for me, and I want to keep the best for myself instead of give it out. Lord, when we have the opportunity to work in your kingdom service, to give to you, we need to give our best. We don't want to profane your name. We don't want to defile. We don't want to treat you cheap. We don't want to say thanks for the salvation, but I've got more important things to do. I'm sorry, Lord, if like I treated you cheap. i ask you to forgive me and I ask you to change me and show me how to do better. Because people are watching us, Lord God. They're going to learn by how we are, by how we love people, by how we give by how we conduct ourselves. And Lord, the world's teaching us to go the other direction. Give to me, give to me, where's mine? No, Lord, you said, where's my reverence? We want to give that to you. Thank you for the opportunities that you're going to bring us during this week to give to your name. Thank you for making me aware of where I fall short. You gave me time to hear this message so that I wouldn't have to fall to the discipline of it. Forgive me and thank you. For those who are just hearing this and you want to get right with God, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus. You can be saved now. If you're driving in your car, hearing me on the radio, you can be saved now. I know this. what you're hearing was probably recorded some time ago, but you can still be saved right now. Scripture says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon his name. Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Thank you for dying in my place and giving me eternal life, your free gift. You are the full sacrifice to save me. I give you my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time. Unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel, Pearland, located in Pearland, Texas. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com.
1: Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life. You'll have-